Hey everybody, thanks for joining us on Code Chat. My name is Jeremy, and I'm joined today by Matt, and we're going to be talking about RX. Yep. Matt, let's say yes. you and I are at the airport, okay. we're going different directions on moving sidewalks, and I ask you, what is RX? Well, the, uh, the easy explanation here is what we have on our, our website is an API for asynchronous uh, uh, programming with observable streams, but that's not all that interesting, <laughs> is it? Uh, more along the lines of uh, think different, I would say the easiest way is to think differently about async and events, to think about them as you would a, a collection of objects, uh, sort of like an array or something like that. Now you can think about uh, that you can take mouse clicks, you can take an Ajax call and turn it into an object uh, with zero to infinite values that you can just pass around to people. Because traditionally with events, you know, it's, you have add event listener, remove event listener, and you have a handler. Well, here I can hand you all the mouse clicks or all the mouse drags and, and that sort of thing that you can really start to build some really complicated uh, user experiences uh, from. Now, Rx seems to me to be one of those technologies that has kind of a steep on-ramp. I remember the yeah. first, like, four times I saw it, <laughs> I said, yeah. That's kind of interesting, but I don't have time to get into that right now. Yeah, the, there, there was certainly that. I, I think we were well ahead of our time, you know, because when, when RX really came out, it, it came out of a project called Volta, which was the idea that we could write a single uh, application and tier split it to say this part runs on the server, this part runs on the client, and then, oh, by the way, we can recompile the client from C Sharp into JavaScript. That didn't go off, you know, according to plan. But what did kind of fall out of that was was thinking differently about async. Okay. Uh, because we had this n trying to to think about async and C sharp, which you know lacked task of T at the time and only had the begin and end async oh, pattern. Those were, and all those of were terrible, honestly. <laughs> and async <laughs> result days. Uh, or you had events, but there was really no way to marshal those across, you know, across a boundary, especially if right. I was going to take it in C-sharp and put it over into jQuery and JavaScript. So that kind of thing led us to this discovery of, of, of thinking differently about asynchronous programming. So we came out with RxJS back in, in 2010. We, t we showed it at um, JSConf 2010. But it really wasn't until we open sourced it in 2012 uh, when people started to really look at it. Uh, it also helped that one of uh, the, the early adopters of RX was Jafar Hussein, who, uh, who then went to work at Netflix and was uh. evangelizing everything that we did. Because if you remember the Silverlight uh, toolkit uh, from back in the day, all of the, uh, the particular uh, uh, controls that were in there uh, had tests written in Rx. So that was kind of the first test bed, as it were, uh, you know, our real big uh, consumer. And what people found over time is that, like, wow, this is really useful for building pretty much our entire user interface when it comes to uh, data binding, data access, animations, etc. But it was kind of a uh, more of a closely guarded secret in terms of of how they did it until Jafar and myself started doing a lot of talks in the 2012-2013 uh, time frame. And in so much so that I've gone to a lot of conferences and kind of showed, uh, you know, 
You, yes, I can show you the, you know, the 101 kind of examples, but here are some really, really hard problems that they were trying to solve, such as you know, dealing with a low-end device and making sure that only what's on the screen is, uh, is you know, kept in memory and everything else in terms of all the, uh, all the other movies are, are not in memory anymore. Mm -hmm. So when you scroll through, uh, it gives you a very good experience in terms of keeping the, uh, the memory footprint low, making sure all of the handlers are removed, et cetera, et cetera. Or, you know, just the basic autocomplete of being able to take these, uh, these key events uh, such as uh, to be able to do this, and now I can start typing here, and uh, and sure enough, as I start adding things, uh, and what it does is it, it basically waits a little bit before, uh, because of my super fast typer, the last thing you want to do is you want to send over 10,000, uh, you know, 20,000 different requests. Instead, you, you want to wait for, uh, for the person to, to finish, you know, finish their thought. Uh, so to do that, we, uh, we added a little uh, debouncer kind of function. Uh, <clears throat> and so I showed at a recent conference the the sheer amount of code to write this is actually fairly small. It's uh, it's basically taking the key up events, and it's uh, and it's uh, mapping to get uh, it's it's going to get the uh, the the value from the uh, the text box here, and then what it's going to do is is do a little debounce to make sure that you know, we're going to only listen for you know every seven hundred uh, every second basically when I've stopped uh, stopped typing. And then it's going to go over, make an AJAX call, and return the data. So to do the same thing in jQuery literally took me about two pages worth of code versus this, which is only about, you know, say, six statements. Okay, okay so let's take this one example that you're sharing right now. This is something, uh, a user flow or a user experience that's been around for a long time. It's a fundamental part of what a lot of us do on the web. Mm -hmm. And there's by no means any reason why we can't do this using other more... Sure. Um, more uh, imperative approaches using jQuery and, and every time I type a key doing yep. this. But, but what we're talking about with Rx is a paradigm shift Absolutely. that results in a scenario like this being a lot less code. And in my opinion, when I look at a new framework or something, yep. when I see that something is a lot less code, I get yes. excited because yes. it means this is a this is a more essential concept. This is closer to the way that yep. it should actually work, and, and I, I have this hope of being able right. to use this language or this yep. library to, to do the essence of what I want to do without yep. a whole bunch of imperative yep. ceremony. Yeah, I mean, to, to further explain kind of what this is, is, is you can think of as uh, this text box here as a stream, as a stream of values uh, containing this particular text here. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to you know, add those little debouncers and, and make sure that the, uh, in fact, like for example, when I go left and right, the, the, the text itself isn't changing, although there's, uh, there's an event firing behind the scenes of the, of the key up, but it's not actually firing that event again. I see. So it's not, once again, incurring any, uh, a any hit on what we're trying to do. But if you go down further here, all of these then turn into a, uh, it's a stream of value as, as well. So it's basically transforming this into this. 
Okay, much like I would do with, with an array map, right? Correct. An array filter, an array map. So we're talking about these operators that can affect these streams Correct. in a very generic way that you know applies to a lot of different scenarios, right? Ab absolutely. Okay. Now, one of the things, I, I've been watching a lot of videos on RX lately, Okay. Um, and one of the one of the ways that it was described was really helpful to me, and, mm -hmm. and that was somebody said, don't think of it so much as sync-async as yeah. push versus pull, mm -hmm. and, and no longer having to go and, and ask a question every so often, but rather giving yeah. the, the observable mm -hmm. the, the, the ability to be the it, to basically to be in control, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's the one that tells me when something. Has yeah, happened. it's it's the old Hollywood principle: don't call me, I'll call you, kind of thing. <laughs> is, is you you basically hand your business card and and you hope and pray that it'll uh, it'll call you. Yeah, uh, that that absolutely is the case because we. In, in traditional slides, we've talked about you know the, the, the four quadrants of the async and sync uh, uh, things where in, in the lower left-hand corner where you have sync and single value, you just have a value. And mm -hmm. for, uh, for multiple values that are synchronous, we have an array, set, map, whatever we have sure. uh, in, in JavaScript. And then when we, when we flipped over to the async world, uh, then we had the promise uh, there uh, for for dealing with single value async, and then what we would throw up into the uh, asynchronous and uh, asynchronous and multiple value is the observable. But is that really true? No, it's uh, and at least the way that that RX is written right now uh, through f versions four and and five is no, it's 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 potentially async, but it doesn't have to be. Okay, and uh, so much so that uh, you know when I'm uh, just dealing with with simple data binding, nothing about that is is particularly async. Mm -hmm. uh, is that uh, I create a value and I bind that value? It's perfectly synchronous. Um, but but it is exactly as you said. It's that push versus pull mentality where array. When I call array for each, uh, that's a that's a uh, a pull value. I'm telling every single time. Give me the next value. Give me the next value. Give me the next value. When I call subscribe, that on the other hand says, "Okay, I've got a handler for me, or I've got this bucket. Start shoving values in here when you're when you're ready." Yeah, right. Well, that's good though because it means that it has the ability to do both sync Correct. and async. Right. Correct. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but and and that's why people have started to adopt this, you know, in con, you know, in conjunction with things like Lodash and so forth. But they use you know observables for really the the more intricate parts of you know of transforming an object and these these pipelines, as it were. You know. Now now this isn't just a convenience. There are some things that RX adds that I otherwise wouldn't get. For instance, mm -hmm. I'm familiar with using arrays of promises to go yep. and do a whole bunch of web requests right and RX is fundamentally capable of not only doing that in a shorter and more elegant and more expressive way but it's also able to cancel those yes. web requests when cool. they're no longer yeah serving uh, so, any value so that that's a, that's a really good point um, and in fact uh, what I can show you real quickly is kind of how that works so for example when I create an observable I can go ahead and let's see can I make it a little bit bigger here for people 
There we go. Uh, better? Yep, that looks pretty good. Okay. So what I can do is I can create a new observable. So let's say let O is equal to observable. And we're just in the node REPL right now, right? Yeah, just correct. Right, in, right in node, cowboy so, style. Exactly. So if I, if I do this, okay, so I'm going to say O dots uh, on next, and I'm using RX4 here, so I'm not using RX5, but that's okay. Um, uh, and I can say on next 56, and then I say O dot on completed. And then I can return a function that basically says whenever I'm done, do something uh, whenever I'm done or whenever there's a, a, a cancellation, do something. So in this case, Clean up. yeah, so in, in this case, I can just say, uh, let's, let's be a little let's bit more, more modern. Yes. Let's be a little bit more, more uh, we have to shed these old habits. Exactly. Uh, so we can do that. And then... Well, you're not a semicolon guy, Matt. Uh, not, not on the REPL. <laughs> I don't have to worry about ASI here. Not when you're in cowboy mode. Exactly. So I can say o.subscribe, and then what I can do is I can say... Okay, now pause, pause, pause okay. for just a second here. No, no, that's fine. Okay. You can keep that typed. But for people, what you've done is yeah. you have created an observable object Correct. using this factory function, yep. and now you're going to subscribe to that. So you're talking both sides of the fence here. You're talking yep. the guy who's going to be generating yep. events yep. and determining when they happen. Here yep. you're determining that they're yeah. happening, and yeah. now you're going to consume that, right? Yep. Yeah, and you can think of it almost as, a, as an dependency injection, as it were, so o.onnext. So basically, when I'm handing you the observable, I'm handing you the kind of the, the, the receiver. Telling, uh, telling the receiver what I want to shove into it when I'm, when I'm doing this. And here I'm going to shove two values in there, and then I'm going to say I'm done. And these are happening now, now, now. There's now, no asynchrony here, right? No, there's no okay. asynchrony at all. Uh, and then afterwards, when I call dispose or unsubscribe in, in RX5, then this particular thing happens. Can you tell me when this particular thing happens? When does that function actually okay. run? Well, see, as, as you can see, nothing has actually happened, okay. and they won't happen until I call subscribe. Okay. So, so this is lazy. perfect. Yes, yeah, perfectly lazy. So if I can say console.logv, and then what happens is, is I see 42 and 56. Okay. And then also, because of the fact that I hit uh, on completed, it automatically disposes for me. Okay. But if we take that previous example at O is equal to observable.create O, and then I just do O.onNext42, and then return uh, console.log disposed and then do that okay oops oh shoot oh boy uh, that's what happens when I uh, decide to uh, to use let instead of var but that's okay <laughs> uh, so oh on next build this again exactly and then there we are that was okay. impressive by the way thank you uh, so if I go oh one subscribe uh, actually uh, let's get a uh, var uh, s for our subscription. The and console skills are strong with this one. Uh, exactly. Uh, subscribe uh, v console.log v. Uh, 
Okay, so I see 42. Now the subscription uh, happens to not be uh, disposed, but now... So this is like an unresolved promise? Maybe? Uh, no, it's, it's more along the lines of, as I start to create these bigger and bigger streams, like for example here, it contains all of the, the, the logic inside of here on how to clean up afterwards. Okay. So for example, if I'm combining multiple events together, and then when I call unsubscribe or dispose, then all of those, uh, those handlers get removed. You know, via uh, remove event listener. It's that, okay. kind, of, that's that kind of thing that, that happens. So if I say s.dispose, uh, suddenly disposed is called, and now we're, we're good to go. So basically, anything that you need to have happen uh, in terms of whether it's uh, finishing naturally or unnaturally, uh, you will always have a deterministic way of cleaning up. Okay. When comparing and contrasting with promises as defined in the ES6, uh, uh, ES2015 spec, there is no notion of this finally, as it were. Okay. Uh, th there is no notion of a, okay, the, the chain is complete and, uh, and I wanted to do some deterministic cleanup. There isn't any of that as well, okay. just as there isn't any notion of cancellation either. So, so it's missing both of those things that observables already give you. Okay, now you showed us this type ahead example. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want people to see the value of considering everything is the same in the same way, considering everything as a stream, and then being able to use all of these operators okay. on there, like the ability to merge streams together and filter them out, just as if you were dealing with an array, yeah. even though this array is things that may be delivered five seconds down the road or three minutes down the road or yep. whatever. So can you show us the example of the uh, canvas, where you draw on sure. the canvas, in an using the observable. Okay, so so what we have here is we have a very simple example where we can just uh, uh, paint on the canvas. Everyone's kind of seen this, where uh, where you can start to to draw uh, things that look kind of like circles by by putting the mouse by, down yeah, and by, dragging. It? Okay. Yes, by uh, by going uh, down and then mouse move and then take until mouse up. So it's that kind of combination where uh, where you're doing mouse move and mouse, uh, mouse down and mouse move until mouse up. But it gets a little bit more interesting as we start to think about this color palette or this color picker down below. Because each value in here is, a, and is, a, is an observable as well. So for example, by the very nature of me clicking red, and now I can start drawing. How in the heck did that just happen? Uh, how it happened was the fact that I could take uh, this particular stream here, the, which was the, the normal drawing, and then I can combine it, uh, combine the latest uh, from what people have chosen from, uh, from the color palette, and I merge them together. So okay. I give you not only the position of where the, uh, where the dragging happens to be, but also <laughs> the color uh, from this particular uh, piece down here. So you kind of uh, merge the two together, and and that's where the, the magic so I, kind of happens. So, as a developer, I kind of have to start changing the way I think about problems like this. I'm used to yes. thinking about the different events on the page, yes, and then saying, "Let me go create myself a handler." Yeah. And when that happens, what do I want to happen? And then it gets difficult when a I have to start cleaning up after myself, mm -hmm. and b when I have to start combining those. Correct. I mean, we've all run into this problem where the key comes up, and then you have to start asking a whole bunch of questions. Was the control key also held down? Yeah. Has this happened? Am yeah. I here? What's going on? Yeah. 
Whereas I can already filter those out right. yeah, using dot filter, and I was like, well, what key was it? Okay, it's not that key, so throw it away. Or I can say, look at the past few keystrokes. Well, if, uh, you could actually go back and, and model, say, the Konami code, for example, uh, actually as, uh, as a stream, because what you can do is you can do that look ahead and look behind on the stream and say, were the past 10 characters up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, and, uh, and, and, and then if it is, and then suddenly it's going to go, hey, you've got the Konami code. Would that be a window? Operator? Uh, it would indeed be a window operator. Oh, right. <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. My, my studies have paid off. Yeah. Or either it'd be the window or the buffer. The buffer okay. would just you know do a comparison of the of the array to the other array, or you can do yes, uh, window uh, uh, window ten uh, skip ten, and then do a sequence equal. You okay. Know, do these uh, these two uh, sequences equal each other, and then sure enough, you've got uh, the Konami code. So yeah, you've got any number of things of thinking about these the these streams as yeah everything on the page is potentially a stream okay now matt tell us um tell us where rx is used in the wild today okay uh well everything so people that are are using netflix for example everything on their edge websites and and so forth is using rx even down to the the the, the smart tvs that you happen to mm. to have uh, it's a rather old version, but it's still RX nonetheless. Mm -hmm. uh, and where they use it is, is a number of things. They use it for animations, data binding, data access, any number of things. And what was really helpful for them uh, especially was the fact that uh, they also decided to, to implement RX Java at the same time hmm. uh, as they started to adopt this because they saw it was really, really valuable. Uh, to do that. That and they were already using rx.net as well. So they were all uh, speaking the same language as it were, the same framework language or library language. Uh, they could be speaking Java and JavaScript, you know, C Sharp and so forth, uh, but they would all be speaking the, the same language, those, same, those yeah. all the same language of streams. Yeah. Uh, so any of those, of those particular sites uh, are using that, and what's great about that is is the, the Netflix community uh, uh, has been pretty active in terms of of uh, contributing to RX, and in fact, you know, moving t from RX four to RX five, where we were kind of redoing and making it a lot more modular, a lot faster, and and so forth. Uh, in conjunction with Angular two, which leads me to my next one. So Angular two is going to be a a place where the HTTP um, uh, module that people had used before was very much promise-based. Well, now it's going to be observable-based. That's phenomenal. In so much so that people can start using uh, these various uh, combinators such as, or, or operators, such as uh, the ability to retry something three or four times to, uh, to you know, to do a catch and return some default data, uh, to do any number of, of, you know, additive things that they want to, to massage out of that particular the, stream. The retries in one line is really impressive. Yeah. Be, being able to do retries to HTTP calls is pretty great. Exactly. And I can show you briefly what, the, what that means. So let's do, uh, let's do var02 is equal to observable.create. Uh, actually, let's do first do a counter. Uh, so var count is equal to zero, and then I can say o var o two is equal to observable dot create, 
O. And then I can say uh, if uh, count, pl uh, count plus plus is, uh, is less than, hmm, say, 2, o.onair. So you're kind of throwing right new, now, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there is no real such thing as asynchronous throwing. Uh, yeah, right, so, right. so we're doing the best that we can uh, uh, on next 42. And then we'll just leave it as an empty cleanup because there's really not much to do there. Uh, but yeah, here we can say o2. Can uh, we can we tear that apart real quick? Sure. So you just created an observable. Yep. And you said for the first iter it's starting at zero. So for yep. one for zero and one, yep. it's gonna throw an error. Correct. But then after the zero and one, so the yep. third iteration, it's going to spit forty two, right? A at a certain point, yes. Okay. But so there are a number of ways that we can, you know, get around this obviously is we can say rx uh, catch, uh, and I can say uh, like, for example, if you're going to do something like uh, uh, deal with uh, with cached values. So if you're dealing with asynchronous calls to NXHR, if you've got some uh, cached values, you can just kind of shove it in here as part of the stream and say, well, I couldn't make the call. I'm mm. going to give you some default data. I see. And we can go from there. And now I can s subscribe and... Uh, and as you see here, uh, 56 happened instead of the 42 here. Okay. Now, if I go back, though, and I say retry, say, four times. What, what, what did that mean to catch, inject your own one-value observable, and then subscribe to that? Okay. Uh, so when I said catch here, basically I said if anything bad happens, which yep, that meant did. that on air happened, I can substitute it. There's a number of other things I can do. I can say, for example, I can put a handler and I can look at, actually inspect the error that came back and say whether to do this or that, you know, some sort of conditional logic. Uh, but at the same, uh, the same point, uh, you just might want to just shove some default data in there. Okay. So here we can say I'm going to retry uh, run it again, say retry four times, and see what happens. And then catch if it does. And then catch okay. and if it's still bad. And now, obviously, it did 42 because it went through and it said, okay, zero, one, two, aha, it finally succeeded. Okay. And now, and now you can uh, keep going. That makes good sense. Yeah. So, I mean, if you really want to think about, you know, Rx in terms of the real, real compositional uh, thing, you obviously think of games. You think of people, uh, you know, any number of things such as games, such as, you know, react. Uh, these uh, here, things here are timers. Well, the, uh, each letter is a stream into itself uh, that you're, uh, you're happening to do. In, in the fact that also all of the, the frames per second, that's an observable. The bounds detection, observable. All of these sorts of things just happen to be observables. And even doing simple things like making Mario walk across a screen is also very much an observable. And the fact that he can go like this, he can change directions, all of those sorts of things are observables in terms of how, how he's not continuing to jump off the screen even though I keep hitting up. Uh, at a certain point, you know, all of the bounds detection, all of those sorts of things. But going back to where it's actually used, so Angular is obviously a huge one uh, there. Uh, we also have uh, Microsoft products such as uh, as Delve and uh, and uh, OneDrive um, is being used there. 
Uh, we also have uh, places such as Slack for Windows um, is actively being used there in, in a number of really interesting ways, such as all of the spelling detection and spelling correction that it happens to do, because once mm -hmm. again, all of your text is a stream, and as you're mm -hmm. typing along, it can figure out the uh, it can figure out the the language that you're using, and then basically go, oh, what he really means is this, you dummy, and uh, <laughs> and and fixes that for you. Gotcha. Wonderful. Okay, well, we're pretty much out of time, Matthew, but yep. thank you so much for showing us that. Um, real quickly, how does a person get involved? What's the easiest way? Then they learn a yep. little bit today, but what's the easiest way for them to on-ramp onto RX? Well, there are, there are a number of ways. Uh, we have, uh, we have uh, uh, the great LearnRx site, so we have a, a lot of these resources just basically built off of off of uh, the ReactiveX IO homepage that we have here on how to get started. You also can look at the this particular Reactive, uh, Reactive Extensions for JavaScript uh, repo. We have a lot okay. of resources there. Uh, and not only that, but if you really, really want to, to, uh, to understand and, and do all of that, get involved because we have okay. uh, so many committers right now to RX5. It's, 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 in, it's heartening at the same point. It's like mind-boggling that so many people are, are spending so much time to make this a really awesome yeah. and fast library. So yeah. those are really two good ways of, of getting started. Wonderful. I've found a lot of videos in conjunction with Angular 2 just because yeah. of the excitement around that upcoming framework. Right. Um, so you can find a lot of videos online uh, that, that kind of teach you Rx and Angular 2 at the same time. Exactly. Um, so there's that. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. We're actually going to be having Matthew back again to talk about yep. another framework that he's working on. So you'll see more of Matthew a bit later. Thanks for joining us on Code Chat, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.